Disability Talk for Shane. Thanks to Clubmates Travel, our supported holiday specialist. Assistance Dogs Australia is proud to be a trailblazer when it comes to the range of tasks that dogs can perform and the services they have introduced over the past several years. Today I chat with COO Sarah Emery. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah. Thank you so much, Shane, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. How did Assistance Dog Australia start? That's a really good question for us to kick off with. So Assistance Dogs Australia was founded back in 1996 by two people called Robert and Hanny Biggs. And what happened was they took a trip over to the US and visited a US-based charity who placed assistance dogs for people living with a physical disability. And they met with a client over there that shared a life-changing experience with the dog allowed her to have. And really that the rest is history. Honey and Bob came back to Australia with a desire to make a positive difference to Australians living with a disability. And then Assistance Dogs Australia was born. Tell us about your connection with the dog. That's a really good question. So I can share a little bit about that personally from my perspective. I've recently joined this organisation. I've been with Assistance Dogs Australia for almost two months now. And oh, look, it's quite indescribable really the connection that our dogs not only have with the teams and the volunteers that are involved with their journey, but also, of course, the clients that they're then placed with. You know, I've had the pleasure of meeting quite a few of our clients over the last two weeks, uh, two months, and the connection that they have is really, truly indescribable. Um, for me personally, you know, dogs and animals have always been a big part of my life, and the joy uh, that they bring to us in a companion animal sense is, of course, there, and uh, of course, something that I think a lot of us have experienced. It's often that I'll finish a day of meetings or talking with our people, and I'll I'll walk out to our kennels and see some of the dogs and just give them a big hug after a day. And it just brings so much joy and, and grounding, which is really nice. This next question, can you elaborate much as you like? What are mm-hmm. some of the, of the services you offer? Yeah, so that's a great question. Our mission is to give freedom and independence to people living with a disability. So we breed, train and place assistance dogs for people living with a physical disability, post-traumatic stress disorder and autism spectrum disorder. Something that we're commonly asked is, you know, what's the difference between a companion dog and an assistance dog? So how I could explain that is that assistance dogs are specifically trained to alleviate a disability, which is what differentiates them from companion dogs. How much does each dog cost to train? Yeah, so it costs over $40,000 to place these specially trained dogs and we really rely on the generosity of organisations and philanthropic donors with little access to government funding and with the generosity of those who partner with us by, you know, way of volunteering or philanthropic giving, we're actually able to place these assistance dogs free of charge to those who need them. Do you get any government funding to help? Yeah, it's a good question. So we really rely on the generosity of organisations and philanthropic donors to enable us to do what we do with little access to government funding. How long does it take to train and place a dog with a client? That's a really good question. So the short answer is 
it takes about two years and the various stages of dog development need different support. So let me give you a quick overview of that. So after the dog is born up to eight weeks, they're in a phase what we call the nest. So it's a really critical stage of development where the puppy's health is assessed. They go through ENS or early neurological stimulation where we gently pat them and hold them. And once they become mobile, they start to explore their environment. And that's such a critical stage as an assistance dog because we're really setting them up for their career at that point. The next stage they go through is the eight weeks to 14 months. And there's several critical stages of development in here. But that's where they're placed with our generous volunteers out in the public. They learn the basic foundation training and exposures to various environments. Uh, there's a high importance to have positive exposures to build confidence and teach them skills such as self-control or um, you know, exposure to cafes and trains and escalators, things that they'll be doing in their day-to-day after their play. The final stage, uh, or the final stage of training, I should say, is 14 months to 24 months of age. And that's really where we hone in and advance their skills. So they learn roughly 30 cues before being assessed and matched for a career path. The career path, as I mentioned before, are, you know, to be matched with someone with a physical disability, autism spectrum disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, or other facility programs that we run, including education support. Um, So depending on the career path that their natural behaviours are best suited for, they'll then learn the specific skills to support that. For example, If their career path is going to be matched with someone living with a physical disability, the dogs can learn cues such as to hit traffic lights, pick up uh, dropped objects off the the floor such as, you know, uh, a phone, a cord, uh, alert barking. That's a really critical one. And uh, we've heard various stories over the years where a dog has saved a client's life by barking if they've fallen out of a chair or or collapsed or had something wrong. Uh, PTSD. So they're specifically trained to alleviate moments of crisis that clients with PTSD might face, such as nudging them on the leg if they disassociate with the environment, grounding skills, or to co-regulate in high-stress environments. So what is co-regulation? It's really our natural intuitive ability to mirror the energy levels of the environment. So, you know, someone walks through the door and they're really uh, upbeat and excited, it's natural to you know, be upbeat and excited as you're experiencing and, and uh, mirroring that. So dogs uh, are in relaxed states in a lot of different environments to make sure that uh, the clients that they're placed with can co-regulate to being relaxed with them. Uh, clients who, you know, experience ASD or autism, um, their dogs can really be used for a variety of things, such as to help uh, support them with macro and micro motor skills, uh, the dogs can be incorporated into the daily routine to model routines and learning such as traffic safety, co-regulation, counting and a variety of other things. Um, and the last one I wanted to mention as well, of course, is our education support dogs. So the education support dogs support multiple students versus a single family. Uh, a key thing is they, they model quiet behaviours for times such as reading and they get the, the engagement from the dog throughout. So one thing that, uh, that these dogs do and support the kids with is the kid will be reading, you know, a book to these dogs and the dogs will be intently listening and present with them as they're reading. So it, it teaches um, confidence and engagement throughout, which is great. Uh, 
And something you may not know, actually, is that we have an allied health centre here at our national training school in Sydney, where we offer occupational therapy and animal-assisted therapy, where dogs are specifically trained for, um, for that and clinical support. And they can be utilised with patients where it's clinically indicated for them to do so. So with that question you've given me, I heard in that you give dogs to people to train, to volunteer and train. How does that all work if someone like me wants to train a dog for you guys? Yeah, that's a great question. So we've got um, people out in the community, our, our puppy educator volunteers who have the dogs with them in their home for that period, you know, eight weeks to 14 months of age. And the volunteers go through training and support throughout with our puppy educator supervisor team members. Um, so they learn, you know, how to teach the dog throughout that and how to support the dog throughout uh, that critical stage of learning in their home. And to find out more information about that, you can head over to our website where we've got a detailed overview of our application process and forms to do so. Do you have to be in Sydney for that or can you be anywhere in Australia? That's a really good question. So we are a national organisation. Um, quite a lot of our, our puppies and uh, need for volunteering is in Sydney, but there are other needs in Queensland and Victoria as well. Can clients use the NDS funding? Yeah, that's a really hard one as it's individualised to the person's plan. So we're assessing what support we can provide to both clients and NDIS to better access an assistance dog. But at this stage, some clients can use their plan to pay for services, but not a dog. What are some of the ways we can support the organisation? Oh, I love that question. Thank you for asking that. There's three key things that we need everybody's help with. One is awareness to public access rules. So after an assistance dog is placed, they go through an annual uh, accreditation or review to be accredited with uh, public access and that enables them to go pretty much anywhere that a human can go under federal law. The exceptions are places like a commercial kitchen or surgery or other specialised areas. Uh, so we really need the awareness to get out there for people in the community about public access and that dogs can access where humans can go. Second is uh, volunteers. As I mentioned, we have an ongoing need for volunteer support uh, to provide puppy education and care. And then lastly, it's really philanthropic generosity. Uh, as I mentioned, our organisation really relies on the generosity of individuals and organisations. And if anyone's interested in partnering with us, they can head to our website, assistancedogs.org.au, to contact us and learn more. I've got one more question. I've got to add it earlier. Are we allowed to pat the dogs while they're on shift? Oh, I love that question. I'm so glad that you asked that, actually. I should have built that in as well. Uh, the short answer is no. So how I remember this, and when I started with the organisation, it was something that I had to remind myself of quite a bit, is when a dog is, has a jacket on, it means that they're working. And the training that we do throughout the dog's journey teaches them to be really focused and know that they're working once that jacket's on. So if you, if you see somebody out in public with an assistance dog that has a jacket on, the best thing that you can do for them is to ignore them and not engage with the dog. If the dog has a jacket off or no jacket, that's when it's best to ask the handler or the person with them whether, they, whether that dog can be pat. 
Um, but I like to think of it as, you know, work mode and no work mode. When the jacket's on, the dog's focused and working. And when it's not, um, the dog can be more relaxed and less focused, so therefore can be packed. And another question I want to ask you, what happens if the dogs don't make a assistance dog or something for that reason? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, as I'm sure you can appreciate with the variety of programs that there are, you know, it does take a special kind of dog with, with high skills to be placed um, in our programs. And we really make sure that the dog is well supported through the whole journey of, um, of being placed with us. So from when it's born to when it goes through its puppy education phase to advanced training to give them and set them up for the best success to be placed. Um, if sometimes they can't be placed for whatever reason, uh, we work with people in the community, often they're puppy educators who are volunteered with them to make sure that they have a loving home. How do we find out more? So to find out more, you can head over to our website, which is assistancedogs.org.au or over to our Facebook page. And on our Facebook page, there's lots of cute puppy photos and pictures uh, of the dogs that we place out in the community. Thanks very much, Sarah, for being on my podcast today. Thank you for having me, Shane. It's been great speaking with you. I look forward to seeing you when we take the dogs for a walk again soon. Sounds good. Me too. This has been another edition of Disability Talk with Shane. Thanks to Clubmates Travel, a supported holiday specialist. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Spotify.